You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you, raising autistic children. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now instead of staying stuck, wishing, hoping, and dreaming it was different? That is the question. And Not Your Average Autism Mom is the answer. My name is Shannon Urquiola, and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. All right, stay with me, and let's get on to this week's episode. Episode 168, Navigating the Autistic Brain, A Complex Journey. Well, hello there, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast. I am Shannon Urquiola, your host, and today we're getting into a topic that to me is just fascinating, and I also think that it's really important to understanding our children's autistic experience, and that is the autistic brain. And I want you to think about it like a race car, right? Speeding through the twists and turns of life with an overactive mind. (laughs) Today is all about understanding what happens when that race car, the autistic brain, faces overwhelm. And I'm going to embark on a journey into the intricacies of specifically their brain. So imagine for a moment what happens when their brain becomes overwhelmed and reaches its tipping point. It's like that race car losing control on the track. Their processing becomes impaired and it starts to unravel, literally deteriorating at all levels. The stress chemicals accumulate, making everything confusing and unpredictable basically turning everything into a confusing and unpredictable maze. And I've actually had autistic individuals tell me that they feel a sense of panic and a rapid loss of the ability to think, the ability to communicate, and the ability to do any sort of problem solving in that moment. Strong emotions begin to flood their brain. And the brain, what does it do? It begins to panic. They told me that intense emotions come on like tidal waves, overpowering their ability to process. And as the overwhelm intensifies, the ability to think, communicate, problem solve, all of that diminishes. Their language, both receptive and expressive, weakens. It's like the race car skids off the track and the more we talk, the more overwhelmed they become. Sometimes they even lose their ability to speak or communicate. And trying to reason with them requires too much thinking, a resource that they just don't have in those moments. It's literally, I think about it like, driving that race car on a track through a storm. It suddenly becomes chaotic, confusing, unpredictable. Their visibility decreases and their control slips away. 
their brain starts to shut down or reaches that fight or flight. Now, if the overload occurs slowly enough, the brain may start to shut down to avoid being overwhelmed. But the problem is, if the overload occurs too quickly for an escape to be immediate, that stress sets off that fight or flight response, usually ending in a meltdown. So let's talk about why does this happen? Well, in addition to deteriorating processing skills, their senses become heightened, which just adds fuel to the fire. So their strong emotions flood the brain, overpowering their ability to process. And to understand this process, I want to explore the intricate relationship between the brain's components, okay? So the brain stem, the limbic system, which is our emotion center, and the prefrontal cortex, which is the thinking part of the brain. Well, the brain stem acts as a filter. And what that does is that helps block out information that's irrelevant. It turns down the intensity of the stimulation, and it helps direct the information to important areas of the brain. But the thing is, what we know is we know that many autistic individuals have poor filtering, bombarding them with too much information all at the same time. And what happens is that intense stimulation overwhelms the limbic system, right, which is the epicenter of our emotions causing panic. And then those weak connections between the prefrontal cortex and the limbic system just creates, you know, a double whammy. The thinking center, the part of our brain that allows us to think before we act, then struggles what to do with that emotional flood, leaving the brain helpless in controlling their surge of emotions. And then guess what? Meltdowns become a manifestation of that internal struggle. So what I want you to know is this is a brain wiring challenge. It's not a willful behavioral problem. Autistic individuals don't have control over the flood of emotions and the inability to regulate them. And the negative effects of sensory overload can explain many behavior challenges in autism, which all that does is lead to the constant anxiety, irritability, leaving their nervous system on high alert. And y'all, this makes so much sense to me. And honestly, understanding this helped me be less emotionally charged when Jordan is struggling. And my hope is that it does the same in helping you. Understanding these dynamics is so important, especially when dealing with children who may appear oppositional, defiant, non-compliant. The desire to control everything around them stems from a need to reduce uncertainty and to obtain predictability. Their resistance to following the lead of others 
acting out, avoiding, escaping situations that they can't control. All of that stems from apprehension in situations that they can't control. And we need to understand that it's not always just bad behavior or intentional, you know, they're not listening to you on purpose. I really believe that for them, it's a complex dance between an overactive mind and a world that sometimes feels overwhelmingly chaotic to them. And unfortunately, as adults, we often misread these behaviors without understanding those underlying reasons. And then as our emotions escalate, theirs will match ours. And I promise you, I have been there more times than I like to admit. What I learned is that we have to move beyond commands and demands, those techniques that you know, are usually effective for typical kids because they often exasperate fear and overload in autistic individuals and they won't work. They don't have control over the flood of emotions and the inability to regulate them. The negative effects of sensory overload can explain so many behavioral challenges in autism, which leading to constant anxiety, irritability, leaving the nervous system, defensive and on high alert, we have to remember that this is not a choice. It's a manifestation of their brain's response to the overwhelming world that they're trying to figure out. Sensory overload can result in various manifestations, meltdowns, shutdowns, where the child you know, withdraws and becomes unresponsive. Or maybe they're stimming to help block out that stimulation and calm their nervous system. Or you might see, you know, ritualistic compulsive behaviors to control their environment. Oppositional defiant behavior to minimize uncertainty and a host of other disorganized hyperactive behaviors. It made me think about one of our longtime followers, Stacy, shared with me on one of our posts how her son does a lot of tapping with his hands and feet. And she said he can never just like come straight in the door without feeling stuck doing movements before he enters the house. And rightfully so, their psychiatrist said there isn't any medication for it. And you know why? Because this is what he is doing to try to control his environment and calm his nervous system. And it's likely very automatic for him and out of his control. So how does the brain respond when it's pushed to the limit? Well, it has two primary ways. If the demands build up gradually, the brain may choose to shut down as a protective mechanism to avoid overload. Think about it like the race car pulling into a pit stop to cool off. But if the demands are too fast or too intense to block out, then a meltdown becomes probable. So I want to talk about the shutdown process. As the stress chemicals accumulate gradually, the brain starts to shut down, blocking out stimulation just to protect itself. 
It's like one or more senses closing down. So that might look like not hearing others. Maybe they're feeling physically numb. Maybe it's a narrowing vision. Withdrawing from the external world. And on top of that, their judgment, their reasoning and communication skills all start to fade. A child may become lethargic or limp or stare off or close their eyes, become unresponsive. Some of them might put their heads down or even fall asleep. It's a defensive strategy, a coping skill to prevent emotional meltdowns that can lead to negative consequences. It's just a protective response to avoid the consequences of a meltdown. Unfortunately for them, we as parents or teachers or caregivers often misread this as daydreaming or non-compliance. And some of us with really good intentions might then increase prompting, unknowingly pushing them closer or right into a meltdown. And here's the catch. Research actually shows us that ongoing exposure to overwhelming stress has deteriorating effects on the brain. So what we learn is that shutting down can actually be a coping skill to protect the brain. But misinterpretations can lead to more challenges. And what we know is that forcing compliance may actually fuel the fire and elevate the situation. And then the child gets labeled as aggressive and oppositional. So now let's talk about meltdowns. So if those stressful chemicals and the stimulation and the demands accumulate too fast or they're too intense to block out, a meltdown's probably going to happen. It's like the race car careening out of control, unable to navigate the overwhelming course. And meltdowns often have devastating consequences and often lead to negative social ridicule and things like that. Recovery from a shutdown varies too. I mean, it can range from minutes to hours or even days for those that are facing prolonged stress. And most shutdowns occur under social stress, where performance under pressure is expected, and that's what triggers the shutdown. Unfortunately, the misunderstanding of shutdowns often leads to a cycle of confrontation. So for our kids, meltdowns can be a result of the brain's inability to handle the rapid influx of stress. It's not a deliberate choice. It's just a reaction to an overloaded system. And what I want you to know is that I hope that as I talk about these things, that I'm providing some insight and understanding that maybe you didn't have before spending some time with me today. Because my goal is always to share things that you can use in your day-to-day to make your life a little easier. And you know, we don't have all the answers. There's not, you know, there's not a book. 
you can't do the same thing with every child in the same situation. We know that. Every child is different. Every situation is different. And every time you try something, I promise you're going to learn something. And you'll learn that maybe you'll do it different next time. Maybe you've been doing it a certain way and after listening to me today, you're going to decide to try it a little bit different. Whatever that looks like for you, just know and be willing to try something different. That's what gives you the resilience along this journey that you need. Until next week, have a great week ahead. And let me just say that I'll be having a birthday this Sunday. So when I join you guys next week, I'll be entering into another trip around the sun. And I'm looking forward to everything that 55 has to bring. And I hope that you will be right here with me. And remember, above all, you, Mama, are doing amazing at this mom thing. Hey, so if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, I want to ask you to take a minute and write a review. That's how we reach more moms just like us. And that is how you can pay it forward to help another mom who might be struggling right now. I also want to invite you to check out our Not Your Average Autism Mom membership. That's where we dive deeper into all the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you can get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day. When you become Not Your Average Autism Mom, you take on an identity with an incredible community of women across the globe, all raising autistic children who all show up to show the world they are not your average autism mom. It's my favorite place to be. So head on over to the website, www.notyouraverageautismmom.com to find out all the details. And listen, if we're not open for new members right now, make sure you join the wait list. So you're the first to know when we open. We hope you do. We would love to work with you inside.